Amen. Amen. Jesus is our living hope. And we get to declare that and we get to depend on him in seasons like this. Amen. We're going to take a moment right now to actually pray for our nation. To, to take space in this service to say, regardless of where you stand on everything that's happened, not just in the last week, but really in the last year, that there is a God who says, hey, I'm still on the throne. I'm still in control. You don't need to panic. You don't need to freak out. You need to come to me. And when we come to the Father, He is, as we sang about, our living hope. Pastor Randy said, these songs were playing before we even knew what this week would look like. What we knew, though, by Wednesday evening and into Thursday is we needed to create some space to pray together. I want to read to you from 2 Chronicles verse 7, 13 through 15. You can have a seat very quickly. Verse 13 says this, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. God is saying, listen, when I've allowed this to happen, when everything looks crazy and confusing and it like it's falling apart, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. There is a role, praise God, there is a role that the church of Jesus Christ is meant to play in this season, not just here at Pathway, in this community, and in this country. There is a role we're to play, and it's one that says, as we repent and confess, we know who's able to heal this land, and we're calling on him together today to do that, amen? And so during this time, we're going to actually play a song via video. And we're going to just create space. If you want to stand, sit, kneel. If you want to pray with those you came with. If you want to come to the altars. These next five minutes or so are a time for us to cry out to God. And to say, Lord, we're confessing and we're repenting. And we need you to move and to heal our land. Amen. Let's worship and pray together and participate in this moment.
God, we thank you moments like this. I thank you for your presence. That is what we need in this time. I thank you for what you are doing in our hearts, whether we're online or in person. God, I just sense that you are moving and inviting us in to a new work, into a new season. God, you are making all things new. And that you want to use your people your church, to truly show your love and to bring healing. And so, God, we just thank you. We are absolutely humbled. We are not worthy. But you are choosing us. We just thank you for that incredible love. God, as you continue to heal our land, may it begin with us. May you do this new work in us. Even today, as we dig into your word, I pray that it would come alive and that your healing work would begin in our hearts and minds even now. We thank you. Thank you for what you are doing. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen.
we are having church today. Amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Brian, and we're uh, so glad that you are here, whether you're online or in person, because God is doing something new. He is doing something new because that's who he is. He's a God who looks at the world and says, I'm not done. I'm going to redeem. I'm going to restore. Until my return, I will work in my world. And we want to be a people that are responding to that, that are saying, God, we want to get in alignment with you. And this is an exciting season here at Pathway. You know, we have this week our Better Together Wednesdays kickoff Wednesday night with a night of worship. I'm excited about that. I hope you are too. In addition to that, yeah. In addition to that, on Tuesday, Prime Timers, I'm going to join them for lunch, and I'm going to get to share a little bit, and I'm looking forward to that this Tuesday at 2. And then our fast, our fast, all things new, 21 days kicks off tomorrow. What a time, what a season that we're in. It's exciting to be a part of. And, and here's the thing, that this fast is anchored on two verses out of Isaiah 43. If you want, you can turn there in your Bible and, and follow along. But these two verses in, in verse 18 and 19, we'll unpack them over the next few weeks together. And, and as we look at verse 18 of Isaiah 43, it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That is such good news, isn't it? And that's what we're going to be focused on during the fast, is how God is able to move us from our past to his future that he has designed and authored. We have actually over a couple hundred people right now signed up for our uh, daily devotional for the fast. We'd encourage you to sign up. I think there's information here we can put in front of you, but it's pathwayvb.com fast. That'll start tomorrow. We want to encourage you to be a part of it because God is doing something new. Now, you may wonder, well, what is fasting? What is that about? That sounds crazy. I just ate a ton of food over the holidays, and, and I'm not sure if I can give that up, Right? Or, or I started a diet, and, and I, I made it this far, right? And, and, and oftentimes, we don't make it much further. Many of our resolutions don't make it through January, and that's why a fast, what it does, is allows us not to come up with our ideas, not to come up with our plans for the new year, but to say, God, what are yours? What are the things you want us to see about you? Richard Foster says this about fasting. He says it's in in experiences of fasting that we are not so much abstaining from food as we are fasting or feasting on the word of God. Fasting is feasting. Can you say that with me? Fasting is feasting. So whatever you choose to fast from, you're saying, I'm going to take that time that I would have spent on that, whether it's eating a meal or whether it's on social media or news, which by the way, uh, did you know that we may need to fast from some of that right now? Like, like you're like, wow, he is so brilliant. <laughs> I mean, could I state the obvious? Like, just for a minute to say that actually fasting from social media and news right now to feast on God's word actually might make a difference. And and this is what fasting is. Whatever your fast looks like, whether it's a partial or a full, whether it's food or something else that you're giving up, it's the idea that we're going to feast on God. So what is Pathway doing during all things new, during this series as we dive into this? In Isaiah 43, I just felt like the Lord was saying, back up and give them the full context for what's going on here as we get to verse 18. So we're going to do that this morning together. We're going to start in verse 1 of Isaiah 43. And as we look at this, I believe it's going to have a lot to say to us and is so timely. It says, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, 
your savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you. But you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not. Can you hear that word again? Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up to the south and to the south. Do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Oh, God's word is so good and so timely, isn't it? See, what we're doing during this fast is we're letting go of past failures. We're letting go of past failures to find real freedom. You see, in there, what what God is speaking to his people is, listen, you're going to go through some things. You're going to go through some things, and as a part of that, you're going to see your own failures, the failures of others. And, And as that unfolds, whether it's in a church or in your home, or in your workplace, or in a country, or a community, or in the world. I want to set you free from those things. I want to give you freedom that you would know that there's nothing to fear, that I am with you. I've always been with you. I'm always available. And I'm here to move you forward. Can you picture how this might have been received by a people contextually that had faced a lot that actually had faced other nations coming directly against them. They had faced oppression and war. They had been ostracized and marginalized. And God is saying, listen, because of that, I know you've experienced some things, and you're carrying some things. You know, many of us, as we think about this last week, or even, you know, as we walk into 2021, we don't even realize the weights that we're carrying the things that we're holding on to. The things that as as we walk, we wonder why it's so hard and so heavy. And we're asking the question, God, I want you to make all things new, but but I want to hold on to this. I want to hold on to this idea or to this, this pain or I want to hold on to this situation. And for some of us, these are things that we've been holding so long. Man, my right arm's getting heavy right now. Because some of us are holding on to things for so long that we don't even realize we've got so familiar with it. God is saying, listen, you're going to go through stuff and you're going to experience things. But let me reinterpret for you what it looks like. Reframe it. Renew your mind. You you see, these these are actually uh, Russian kettlebells is the name for these. And, and you may go, well, what in the world, Pastor, right? Uh, one is heavier than the other. And I found in my life that there's situations and things that, that sometimes are heavier than the other ones. But I still am tempted often to hold on to them. I, I've had these for quite some time, almost 20 years. Some of my background, I, I actually used to be a strength and conditioning coach and a personal trainer. I, I know you can't tell today. I apologize for that. <laughs> like that guy? (laughs) Yeah, I'm in my 40s, all right? I'm a dad of four, all right? Doing my best here. But, But I actually remember when these were brought into our country 17 years ago. I was at the conference when they introduced this to the strength and conditioning community. And to see it on the platform and to watch what people were doing with these was amazing, but it was overwhelming. It was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle that. I don't know if I could do that. Then I ran into the, the actual guy that brought him to the country in an elevator. You know, when, when actually you have somebody with you that can help coach and, and, and encourage, it changes things, doesn't it? And, and so I, I've been walking with these for a while, but I've also realized that they, they have a purpose. You see, they're not fun. <laughs> they're, they're heavy. And, and, and if I'm going to let go of them, I'm not going to let go of the value that they can bring to me in a workout. I'm not going to let go of the value that they can bring into my life, but I am going to let go of them when I need to so I can do other things. Here's the thing. When we're talking about letting go of past failures, I'm not talking about saying it didn't happen. 
I'm not talking about saying that it didn't occur. I'm saying, what if God wants to show up like that trainer and coach and say, hey, here's what I was doing in that moment. Here is where you can find me in that moment. Here's what I wanted you to learn through that pain and that struggle. There's an amazing author, Samuel Chan, that says this about pain. He he talks about reframing and refocusing our pain. In order for renewing, he he says pain teaches us five crucial lessons. Say five. Okay, you're still with me. Good. That was your test. Five. The first one is this, that we are weaker and more self-absorbed, more fragile than we ever imagined. Pride check. That we are weaker and more self-absorbed and more fragile than we ever imagined. The second thing that pain or failures can teach us is that actually we don't have a clue what God is up to. How many of you can attest to that? Like it happened and you're like, I don't know what God was doing, but then later we can see it. The third thing is we become more grateful. We begin to realize that it's not our strength, it's his strength in our weakness that changes us. The fourth thing that pain and failure and struggle can teach us is that we find God to be beautiful instead of just useful. (laughs) It would be so tempting during a prayer, a time of prayer and fasting, to to see God as, as useful, to say, if I do this, then I'll have a better 2021. God, if I do this for you, you're gonna bless my 2021. That's seeing God as useful versus seeing God as beautiful, that we want more of him, that we want more of him in our life. Fifth, we become more tender, more understanding, and more compassionate. If you've met somebody that's been through something and they've learned how to find God in it and let go of the bad parts, but stay with the parts that grew them, it's amazing. And God wants us all to be those kind of people that say, you know what, we have nothing to fear. He's with us. And when we've gone through things, there's a purpose. Pain can birth purpose. Pain and failure can actually lead not just to more of God, but more of God's purposes. Do you believe me? This is truth. And, you know, I have the opportunity to lead our staff right now through a season of just renewal and healing. We're working through some material. And, and as we go through this, this material, I was amazed as I'm going through it for the second time that nine months ago when I first engaged with it, that my answers to the two questions, my answers to the set of assessment was entirely different nine months later. Things that nine months ago, I would have said, yeah, that's bothering me, that's hard, that's hurting, I'm, I'm struggling with, God has begun and already healed. Our God is a healer, church. And when we begin to bring this stuff to him and let go of it to him, he will say, hey, here's what I was doing in that situation. And I want to heal you. I want to renew you. And I'm just here to tell you that God has been doing it in my life. I told the staff this week, they met me last summer during the interview process. By the way, if you're new to the church, I'm new to the church too. Okay? And and I was interviewed this last summer, and I can remember walking into that room with the staff for that first interview, first time meeting them. And I told them, if I would have carried in the pain and the baggage in a negative way of 17 years of ministry before I got here, they would have smelled it in an instant. They would have known he's not ready. That's not, I don't know what it is, but it's not a right fit. But because I had embraced letting go and allowing God in to heal, my past failures, my past pain had begun to renew and find new purpose. Amen? And it was almost like I think they could see in me what I could see in them is, wow, God prepared us for each other. And God wants to do the same in your life. He is not done with your story because you're still 
breathing and our God is still alive. And as you can allow him into these spaces, he can begin to do a new thing. But sometimes we can't find the new without letting go of the past. The past has a way of poisoning our future. In Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15, it says this, Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. You see, when we're not striving for more of the Lord and more of his renewal, we can grow bitter, and that bitterness can poison us and those around us. Can I just get an amen on that? And, and so uh, that is something that God wants to deal with, to say, hey, there's things in your life that, that I want to heal so that your bitterness, your uh, way of viewing that doesn't hold you back from what I have next second thing that that we look at in this text is this that we're letting go of our ignorance to be a witness to the world and anytime you use the word ignorance it draws people to go huh is he calling me ignorant check out verse eight all right to god's people it says bring out the people who are blind yet have eyes who are deaf yet have ears. He's saying bring out people that should be able to hear, should be able to see, but are in fact missing the point of what God is doing. They're ignorant. He goes on to say, verse 9, All the nations gather together, and the peoples assemble, who among them can declare this and show us the former things. Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right. And let them hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses. Say, I'm a witness. We are witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed. No sure there be any after me. I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses. Say, I'm his witness. Declares the Lord, and I am God. Also, henceforth, I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work and who can turn it back. This is really good news. That that nothing here on earth can prevent God's work. There we go. All right. Online, they're on fire. That chat, they're just dropping, you know, I, I, do it. Drop comments right now to prove me right. I'm telling you, nothing that may be going on in our communities, in our country, can prevent the work of God. And come, there we go. Come on. There is a God that's saying, listen, you've got eyes and ears. Don't get caught up and miss that I'm still able, that I'm still doing it. I know that this last year has divided our nation and even God's church in ways that nobody saw coming. But did you catch there that that in verse 9, he's talking about all nations? I just want you to know that I believe God's hand is on pathway to be a church for all nations. I'm going to just put that out there. You pray about it the next 21 days. I believe that God's hand is on us. That that's the heart of God is that all nations would be gathering and coming together and bearing witness not to the things that are flowing our way through YouTube videos, social media, and the news. Oh, boy. Because did you know that there are computer programmers that set algorithms to all of those things that feed you what you're most interested in? 
Did you know that if that's your only source of input over time, it's quite likely that you're not seeing and hearing other views? That you're only getting what you want because those algorithms are doing that. This is why sometimes it's good to step back and to say, God, give me the bigger picture. And we can't always get that through YouTube news and social media. It might be good for you to fast from that the next 21 days. It may help your soul, your mind, your ears to hear him, your eyes to see him in new ways. It's funny, I was walking out of our house the other day, and uh, Cindy was at the front porch as I was kind of headed out. Here's a picture of what I saw for the first time in our tree in front of the house. Um, Those are Christmas ornaments. We're calling them New Year's ornaments right now. I saw them for the first time Wednesday morning. I looked at her and I said, honey, when did you put these here? She said, when we moved in a few weeks ago. I'm notorious for this in our home. She will literally paint a wall, tell the kids, let's wait to see how long it takes dad to notice. I'm that guy. Now some of you are pranksters, you're going to have fun with me. I get it. I get it. And so here's the thing. We can be going through life and missing the very things around us that God's saying, hey, do you see this? Do you hear this? Do you recognize what I'm doing? Because he's still at work. For me, fasting has been a huge part of that. 2005, when fasting was introduced to me, uh, it was by a mentor. I had heard of it. I had never done it. I like to eat. You can tell by my size, I'm sure. Okay? It, It wasn't like I naturally gravitated towards fasting. But I began to realize that fasting, from one thing, to feast on God's word, actually opens up my eyes and ears, and it's literally a part of my lifestyle today. And I want to encourage you to lean in wherever you're at in that. Even just a meal, or maybe it's sugar or caffeine or or some other thing that you need to fast from. Whatever it is, I guarantee you it will heighten your senses to what God is saying and doing. And it's going to be exciting because we are a people that, that according to Scripture, the question isn't will God's disciples, his followers fast? Like, that's a thing. Here's what it says in Matthew 6. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, so again, it's not a question of if, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. What what is God saying to us? Hey, don't make it about you during this fast. Don't show up with, oh my goodness, I haven't had food in, in, all day. I'm getting hangry, right? Like, no, that's between you and the Lord, but collectively we're doing this together, amen? Francis Schaeffer said this about who we are to be as witnesses, and this is so important right now, because we want to hear from God to bear witness to what God is saying and doing in our world. And Christ's church is meant to be victorious. He says this, that God has always intended that Christians should be the evidence, the demonstration of Christ's victory on the cross. That you and I, in a crazy time in our country, would be standing up and saying, hey, you know what? Everything may look like it's falling apart, but we know God is still on his throne. That in fact... Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is not an elephant or a donkey. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And we bear witness to that. So when we think about what are we saying What are we asking God for? What is he saying to us? We should be bearing witness to his victory and to who he is. Now, verse 18, again, we're letting go of our focus on worldly power to experience Jesus' present power. 
Verse 18, if we've read all the way to this point, which we did, says this. Remember not the, or I'm sorry, I'm going to pick up in verse 14. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I send Babylon and to bring them down all as fugitives, even the Chaldeans and the ships in which they rejoice. So he's pointing to otherworldly leadership. He says this, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. He is the King. It says, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and wa- warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. We need to let go of our focus on worldly power to experience Jesus' present power. See, Jesus, his power is available. He said his church would move in his power in Acts 1.8. That we would be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And part of it is if we're operating in our strength and according to what we know today, it's not going to be enough for what God wants to do next. And this is why we lean into him and we say, God, we're going to let go of what was to find you and what's next. There is a God that sees you. And the question is, what do you see today? A few years back, uh, it's actually ironic, in this service, my daughter Elle is in the room. I don't know if she's ever heard this story. I owe her ice cream because I just mentioned her name. When she was actually being born, uh, the day of her arrival, mom and I, Cindy and I, had grown a little frustrated. She was our third child. We thought she should just come quickly. And we decided that a week after the due date, we're going to go out and try to make things happen. And so we literally went and ate spicy food. And then I drove over speed bumps in an abandoned Sam's Club parking lot. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Like somehow thinking this is going to help, right? We walked and we walked and we walked. My wife, Cindy, is a warrior. She walked five miles that day trying to induce labor. Now, near in the fourth mile, something happened. We're walking, and Cindy says, hey, Brian, there's, there's that squirrel back here. It's following us. There, there's a squirrel behind us following us, and it doesn't look like it's all right, like it's maybe a little crazy. So, you know, I'm just doing my thing, walking. Turn around and see it, and sure enough, it is following us, and it does have like a little bit of a twitch. <laughs> it looks a little different. And so I'm a big guy, and it's a squirrel. Hey, right? I do one of those. That squirrel did it right back. (laughs) Right? And so I went, whoa, like, I think something's wrong with that squirrel. Well, I'm like, well, I'm not going to be beat by a squirrel. So I did it again. And it got even bigger on me to the point that I turned and I ran. I've told this story publicly. I lost my man card a long time ago, okay? I'm running. I'm about 20 or 30 feet down the path, and I hear behind me Cindy go, Brian! And I realize, oh, yeah, I have a very pregnant wife, and I just left her behind for the sake of a crazy squirrel. Oh, it's embarrassing. So embarrassing. But there's a point in this. How many of us have been looking at the crazy squirrels that are happening all around us in the world today, and we're running away forgetting that God said, I'm with you. That God said, I am with you. I'm there. I want to do something. Quit running. Quit fleeing. Find me in it because I'm here and I see you. Do you see me? In John chapter 1, I'm going to close with this. It's a man named Nathaniel. Some others have, have come to Jesus, and they're bearing witness to who Jesus is. And we pick up the story in verse 45 of John chapter 1. It says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. Philip said to her, or Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? 
Can you picture it? He still hasn't seen Jesus. He's looking at Nazareth and saying, yeah, that's worldly. I don't know if anything good can come out of there. Philip says to him, come and see. Come and see. Like, did you know, like, that's the heart of evangelism? Is here's the good news about Jesus. Why don't you come and check it out? So come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, And before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, under, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I believe that last part is actually a reference to Genesis 28. Jacob's ladder, the place of Bethel, where the angels were ascending and descending, where heaven was touching earth. Jesus is saying, I believe, to us today, hey, I see you. I love you. Do you know that I want heaven to touch earth? Do you know, are you ready? Are you ready to let go so I can begin to invite you into what I have next for you? You see, Nathaniel followed Jesus in that moment. And I believe Jesus is saying to us, will you follow me into all things new? Will you let go? Will you let me do something new? So three questions to close here for you. First is, Jesus sees you. Do you see Jesus calling you to follow him? Do you see him? Do you hear him today? Secondly, what is God asking you to let go of today? What is he saying? Hey, you went through it. Let me reframe it and redefine it. You went through it. Let go of the harmful part and let me birth something new. What is he asking of you to let go of? And then third, how will you be a witness this week and share Jesus' power? Not the chaos and the confusion and the focus on earthly stuff, but how will you be a witness to how great our God is and to Jesus' present power? He is able, church. He is alive, he is active, and he is ready. And if you thought 2020 didn't change you, 2021 will change us in all the right ways if we'll let go and follow Jesus. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, that's your starting point today. Come see one of us. Come to the altar. Come pray with somebody that can help you walk into that kind of relationship. If you're online, let our hosts know. For those of us that know Jesus, I'm telling you, there is so much more that he has for us. And I'm inviting us to let go for what he has next. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we want to let go. We want to let go of the things we've been holding on to that have been holding us back. Father, I thank you that you are the God who sees each and every one of us. You are with us. You are available even now. So Holy Spirit, come. Begin your healing work. Call a people forth to follow you in new ways. We thank you for what you are doing. And may we respond by letting go and saying yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's respond and worship him together. You can stand, you can come to the altars. This is a time to let the Spirit in and move among us. Crippling, Lord, you never let me 
held them so long for reasons I can't explain and I lay it all down I'm letting go I'm letting go and I'm holding on to you I'm not afraid I'm not afraid all your promises are true
powerful song, and uh, Jamie wrote that. Isn't that awesome? So good. And uh, so I I share that to to just say use your gifts for God in His glory to bear witness. Um, how beautiful was that? How beautiful is it, parents, that while the service was a little bit longer today. We got through a morning on letting go without one reference to the movie Frozen. I got you. But with that said, you can thank me later, thank me now by hightailing it up to our kids' ministry to get your kids in a minute, because we are a few minutes over what they were prepared for. If you're a guest, please come out here to the Welcome Center. We've got a gift for you. We'd love to welcome you. Uh, If there's any next step, anything you need prayer for, please come see one of us. We'll leave the altars open. Uh, Online, let our hosts know. Uh, We are just so excited about what God's going to do in these next few weeks. And uh, you can just sense he's doing a new thing. And uh, it's exciting to be a part of it and to follow him. So glad you're a part of that. If you're able to give, you can give online or at the giving boxes as an act of worship. And uh, Father, we just come to you now again, just humbled and thankful, just amazed at who you are. That No matter what we came in carrying, we can let it go to you and that you can do a new thing. God, I pray that as we begin this fast tomorrow, that these next 21 days would be not just life-changing for us individually, but life-changing for us as a church. That it would bring us together closer to you and to each other in new ways. God, we just thank you for what you're doing and inviting us to be a part of. We thank you that your shoulders are big enough that we can let go of everything and you can carry it. So God, may we go in your peace and your love. May we love you and love all people in our pathway this week. We thank you for what's ahead. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Have a great week. Go now and be the church.